it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. There you heard it, folks. That is words out the mouth of an NBA champion Hoosier. Thomas Bryant, congratulations, man. It takes a team to win a title, man, and you were part of the NBA championship winning team. Congratulations to Thomas Bryant. Just love to see Hoosiers find success in the NBA. Uh, It just looks good on the program, and that just makes the program that much easier to sell. And we'll get into talking about selling this program, as there has been quite a bit of recruiting news, or at least uh, uh, it's time to start go-getting them, especially that class of 2025, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit down the road. But uh, let's start with just, hey, happy Father's Day, y'all. It's a little late. You're listening to this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you're listening to it. Uh, All the dads out there, happy Father's Day. I'm celebrating it here by myself, solo. Uh, the girls are currently at Mackinac Island. I'll be joining them Thursday. Somebody's got to work because I'll be out of commission uh, with this new baby coming in about a month and a half. Oh, God. But nonetheless, I'm here. And I am here in just very excited to be working in partnership with Big Banter Sports now. Uh, go follow them if you haven't on at, uh, at Big Banter Sports on Twitter. Uh, really great follow. They are pretty damn up to date with the uh, Big Ten news going on right now. Uh, just a nice collection of podcasts, including the LEO podcast, the Indiana Football Podcast. Love to see it. And uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun getting to uh, getting to work with these guys a bit. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see what we can do with this show, what we can do with other shows uh, moving forward. So thank you again for tuning into the Often Daunted Podcast. I speak into the void, and you listen. Thank you very much. And just a quick side tangent before we get into some national news for you. Uh, I just wanted to say I, I rewatched John Wick 4 for the first time since seeing it in theaters um, because it's Father's Day and I'm my kids are on an island in Michigan. Um, so yeah, I binged a lot of television, and I caught up on some movie rewatches that were overdue. And uh, if John Wick 4 doesn't win every Oscar until the end of time, it's uh, just a crime against film, uh, like uh, Shape of Water. Shape of Water won Best Picture in 2017. Uh, that, that's about a lady that falls in love with a fish. Don't tell me that story had you gripped for two and a half hours like John Wick 4 can. Uh, every year, Best Picture is going to these melodramas that leave you feeling hopeless in humanity. It is what they do. That is their objective, making you feel dread. Because they're like, oh, at least you felt something. That's art. No. Let me feel pumped. Let me feel stoked on John Wick serving justice. All right, that was the pre-show John Wick rant. Let's get into some national news. Of course, it's got to start here, guys. The Bob Huggins incident. Um, on 6-17 at 11.20 a.m., Leslie Rubin reported that uh, there was a criminal complaint says that Bob Huggins blew a .210 had empty beer cans in trash bag in the passenger side floorboard and in his trunk. 
And that was three hours after she had reported that Pittsburgh police charged uh, Bob Huggins with a DUI. And at, I, I record this show. I, I make notes throughout the week. Uh, I write down whatever news might pop up in these off-season episodes. And uh, I just uh, jot down a few thoughts on each of them. And uh, before he announced that he was retiring, I thought, to an extent, he needs dragged for this. Um, he's given... He was given four million reasons a year that he could have dealt with any problem he had uh, regarding this. That was until he messed up and was only given three million reasons a year that he could have dealt with this. And him ultimately stepping back and removing himself from the program is a that's a big man move. That is him addressing the issue. And so I mean, while I was. Like, yes, this needs shamed because we can't have this. We can't. (laughs) I don't want to shame anybody ever. (laughs) But if that's going to negate people from doing it in the future, it's a necessary evil, if I say so. But I'm not here to talk ethics. I'm not here to talk morality. Let's uh, move on because guess what? It's a sad, tragic end to a historic career. Bob Huggins absolutely was a he was a staple of the West Virginia program and he was a staple of college basketball he led his programs well and it's a shame that his career ends because his demons have prevailed and it's time for him to defeat them credit for him for dealing with that uh let's move on the details of everything are out there you can go find it yourself there's a lot more that tons of people can say about it because yeah you don't know whose ears this is falling on you don't know who's lost who to what. Um, this is an inexcusable offense for many, and understandably so. Despite all the details, despite everything, uh, if it was West Virginia that said he needed to retire, um, whatever it was, credit to whoever is stepping up and dealing with it now. If it is Bob Huggins, if it is the university forcing him to, if it is whatever it is, credit to whoever is taking the steps necessary to help out Bob Huggins. And and you guys, I wasn't saying because he's rich he should be... I earlier I wasn't saying he had three million reasons that he should be able to deal with it, but ultimately, if you have that much income, um, and you had half an interest in addressing it, you have the resources to do that. That's what I was saying in that moment. Sorry, we got some NBA news as John ja Morant's suspension came out, and it's almost laughable. Twenty-five games. Uh, I had to imagine he was fearing a season. Honestly. 25 games, he will take that every day. But he is one of the biggest stars. Money talks, and yeah, if the PGA taught us anything last week or the week before, money talks, and uh, John Morant brings in some cash because he is a very exciting talent. No doubt about it. Um, Man. Incredible that it only came down to 25. Adam Silver has truly made the NBA a player first league. Brian Windhorst uh, came forward and said that the Pacers are shopping the seventh pick for a wing player, um, and it is making the possibility of an OG Ananobi and Trace Jackson Davis included uh, Pacers team next year. I'm trying to speak this into existence. I just want every Indiana Hoosier alumni to graduate and <laughs> graduate because they've spent all their time here and uh, become an Indiana Pacer. That's my dream. And uh, if Windhorse's words are to be true, sounds like it could happen. Kentucky's Aaron Bradshaw has allegedly fractured his foot. 
Uh, I say allegedly because he signed with Clutch Sports and no shade to OG because uh, I was looking through the Clutch Sports roster and saw that OG was the only Hoosier repped by them. But this is the same thing that happened with Sharp. They just withdrew him from the entire season. Uh, if Aaron Bradshaw nurses this thing so that his potential isn't questioned and Clutch gets the payday inevitably to come with the next NBA draft, that's the second time that Clutch has gotten the upper hand on Kentucky. It's crazy. I couldn't imagine that headache. Oh, my God. And the, the, the sad part is Clutch has done this to themselves because if Aaron Bradshaw is healthy, he's still subject to questioning. He's still subject to skepticism by his own fan base. Yeah, they made their bed, and uh, they're either going to be happy or sad about lying in it. So just something to pay attention to. Clutch Sports is just keeping guys from playing in college, even though they're on college rosters, allegedly. OG's the only Hoosier, and he's in the NBA, so that isn't truly an issue for us now. You guys know we stretch for news here in the offseason, often daunted. Uh, so uh, here are the Blue Bloods, according to ChatGPT. <laughs> ChatGPT. We have UCLA, we have Duke, Kentucky, Connecticut, Louisville, Kansas, North Carolina, and us. It is nice to know that our AI overlords recognize us among the elite. When it comes down to uh, deciphering who they're going to keep, who they're going to remove, hopefully th this uh, elite distinction uh, saves our program's tail. On to some other national news regarding Indiana. Um, IUPUI. Looks like it's officially coming to an end on June 30th, 2024. Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis will now become Indiana University, Indianapolis and Purdue University, Indianapolis. <laughs> Indianapolis. Ugh, why am I saying that? Hey, we're just going our separate ways. It's not you, it's me. I will say the words upon the uh, breakup are telling of the uh, two institutions, as uh, IU President Pamela Witten, Witten said, through this agreement, we will unlock the remarkable potential of both institutions to meet the needs of our city and state. I'm grateful for our many partnerships. I'm grateful for our many partners at Purdue University and to the extensive state and community leadership that have made today's progress possible. Credit to President Pam. Credit to President Pam. She said, hey, hey, guys. It's about our partners at Purdue. They made this transition very easy, made it very simple, and we can't appreciate them enough for it. Purdue President Meng Chiang, Meng Chiang said, Today's announcement launches transformative growth for our state's land-grant university, and Boilermakers are excited to serve the people, businesses, and communities of Indianapolis. We thank all, our, all of our partners, those at Indiana University, the government, civic and business leaders, who have been with us throughout this process, and the many colleagues, alumni, and neighbors who provided insightful input. We thank our Indiana General Assembly for their support. Now listen to the two statements. See, Pamela said, first name basis, sorry, yeah, President Pamela Witten said, through this agreement, we will unlock the remarkable potential of both institutions. President Meng Chiang said, today's announcement launches transformative growth for our state's land-grant university. Shots fired. You guys, I'm, I'm looking for any shots to be fired here in the offseason. Way to conduct yourself with composure, Pam. All right, so somebody at USA Today put together the uh, top schools in 2022 athletic revenue. And it's a pretty astounding list as Indiana 
ended up at 13, which was pretty astounding. Like, it was amazing to see initially. I know we're raking in cash, but as far as our football program goes, they don't have enough resources to uh, compete. So I couldn't assume that we're making that much income as, as I mean, football is the moneymaker. Just in college sports, it, it, it dictates everything. And when you look at the top revenue or the... Uh, yeah, the top revenues in college athletics, it is football dominant. You look at the list and you see uh, number one, Ohio State, $251 million. Number two, Texas, $239 million. Number three, Alabama, two fourteen. Four, Michigan, two ten. Five, Georgia, two oh three. Six, LSU, one ninety nine. Stop me when I stop naming football schools. Uh, seven, Texas A&M, 193. Eight, Florida, 190. Uh, nine, Penn State, 181. Ten, Oklahoma, 180, or 177. Eleven, Auburn, 174. Michigan State, 172. Indiana, 166. All right, Michigan State and Indiana were kind of right there with each other. Their uh, football state, their football program, uh, I have to imagine, is given more resources than ours. But that is pretty interesting that we find ourselves right there. Um, in that number 12 and 13 position with them. Indiana basketball rakes in cash. And if if distributed correctly, our football team stands to have just as much support, have just as much, uh, yeah, we just got to get guys. We just got to get guys and coaches in an offensive line for next season. But I know nothing about football. I'm not here to discuss football for football. Go check out the LEO podcast. Just to say national news, Indiana is making a shit ton of cash right now. And then you go down the list and you see Indiana at 166 million. You see Kentucky at 159 million. And then just as I was further pondering that, after watching the Kentucky baseball complex, after watching Indiana have to go into that territory, and just how much money must have been pumped into that territory, I thought ours is nice, but come on. Where's all this money going? You you saw that arena and you were like, God. Kentucky is making so much money to be able to put this much money into baseball. And then you find out Indiana's making more. I know some of it was a gift to subsidize COVID from our student foundation or something. Still, how are they finding ways to spend this money and we aren't? Maybe we're like (laughs) discovering the cure for cancer or something in that regard, which, hey, let's discuss this then. I would like to know that if that's where all the athletic department's money is going. Hey, that's awesome. But... Yeah, we got a lot of we got a lot of catching up to do in some regards. And here's hoping this influx of cash, this uh prestige that comes with just this much money, with this much cash money, uh hopefully that carries Indiana programs across the board just uh into a better position of dominance. Let's see it. Little national football news as the baby Gronk saga continued as footage of Papa Gronk feeding uh baby Gronk Yes, I, I, this sounds ridiculous. We're reaching for stories this week, guys. But we're giving you... Hey, I'm here to present them nonetheless. Papa Gronk was feeding baby Gronk lions um, while on the uh, Bring the Juice podcast. And it was just... It's funny. It was the week of, Saint, of uh, Father's Day. I said, almost said St. Patrick's Day. The week of Father's Day. And it's just a bad dad look. It is truly a bad dad look. One dad, one dad to another, let your kids do their thing. Throughout that entire interview, the kid looked hostage to the situation. It's just big yikes. Big yikes across the board. And then I loved, I loved going through the schools that fell for this. 
the schools that answered the dad's call. You saw Kentucky. I mean, they're the poster boys for falling for this. They weren't even on my radar until I was sitting with my brother uh, just the other day, and he said, "Yeah, oh yeah, he uh, just visited Purdue the other <laughs> the other day." And I was like, "God, he got the Purdue Photoshop in front of the train and everything." And it's so nice to see that both those programs bought into that shtick out there regarding Big Ten basketball. Um, attention continues to revolve around uh, Purdue and Michigan State. Everyone assumes the National Player of the Year returns, making Purdue. Um, an immediate Final Four lock. And I just say, look at what Kentucky did with Oscar Shibwe. You can't assume anything in this day and age. Purdue is relying on a severe jump in development by Braden and Fletcher, um, which they could get. They could very well get just that. But it honestly looked like the defenses were uh, getting far more comfortable with Purdue down the line, knowing to swarm Edie once he bounced the ball at all and pressuring Braden into rushing his game a bit. It looked like the teams uh, began figuring it out. I mean, I say all this as Purdue was still able to put together a Big Ten tourney clinching run. I say they figured it out down the line, but ultimately Purdue figured that out. They're, Purdue's coming back with a lot of the same, hoping that they get better through, de- I mean, offseason development, which they probably should. I mean, it's safe to assume that. But the Indiana front court will be massive this year. And I can hope that Indiana will, once again, at least do their part to stop Purdue. Of course, of course this year there's no Jalen. There's no Jalen. But I think offensively, um, I think offensively we are going to be so much better fit to contend with Purdue, with our speed, with our size in the front court. Nothing, listen, nothing beats 7-4 monstrous size. But I think we can once again pretty well set up to limit the... Uh, other guys' input, or yeah, the other guys' production, um, just based on the size we have in the front court alone, with Malik and Ware and Sparks all just tag teaming that big guy together, <laughs> just just making sure, hey, he's gonna get his all next season. Of course he is. Zach Eady, he has a good head on his shoulders. He's a great player. He's gonna figure it out, and he's probably gonna be better. I say this Oscar Sheboy shit, but he's probably gonna be better this year than he was last season. I saw some footage today of him taking some jump shots, and they looked scary as hell. <laughs> but I, I have faith in Mike Woodson to uh, be putting together the team he wants. He he has the resources. Indiana would divert the necessary resources because look at the revenue we're making. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm excited to see what this team is going to be able to do to answer the call that to attack the issue that is Zach Eady. In regards to Michigan State getting all that love, I mean, no shade to them, but their ranking seems to also come with an understanding of development. And all this to say, where where the hell is Indiana's national understanding and expectation of development? Both Purdue and Michigan State are ranked as high as they are because everyone assumes that these guys are going to take these steps that none of them have the tape to prove they are going to. I mean, it's safe to assume that the freshman to sophomore, he's going to be able to develop a bit. But I just mean no no, no shade to them because they do deserve that. They do deserve that. But where is Indiana's? Where is Indiana's national understanding and expectation and expecting of uh, uh, where is Indiana's understanding and expecting of development? Expectation of development. Sorry. 
It's safe to say if Lawyer and Smith can both make the next step or if uh, Xavier Booker will be able to immediately provide substantial minutes for the Spartans and just absolutely carry them, the Hoosiers can make proper development in their own right. Right? I mean, they, they have to. Why does it seem that nobody expects Malik to take an appropriately large step forward? Not only because the size that he'll be able to put on in a year's time, but also because the weight of responsibility given to him now that TJD's gone. The weight of production. The, uh, I mean, just responsibility for the, a call to action on his part. <laughs> it just steps up tremendously now that Trace Jackson is gone. It seems like, like while everyone expects everybody else to take these steps forward, nobody expects this for our guys. Trey Galloway's only added a tool to his game each and every season. Where is the expectation that he'll be able to find a way to get a shot up consistently, to create space? That to, uh, we already saw he's one of them. He, second, again, second week in a row, I'm mentioning the second best almost dunk of all time on Zach Eady. What's to say he doesn't take the step that everybody else is just like, assumed to is just given the assumption for what's to say Caleb Banks who uh only showed that he is an exceptionally gifted athlete who may get overexcited at times but if he can pull that back which in the regards of development might be one of the easier things for a guy to do out there as far as asking a guy to develop a shot to uh be able to put the ball on the floor um having a guy just be able to process the game, slow it down. I would think that that'd be one of the easier things to accomplish. And I would think that Caleb Banks should be given the uh, assumption that he'll be able to develop that this off season. All I'm saying is where is the Hoosier assumption of development? Kalel Ware isn't McDonald's all American who is taking that sophomore year bump. Regardless of how last season went, I mean, he has the skill. He's a, he's, a, he's a unicorn. He's a true unicorn. And if he finds moderate success in Indiana, he will be drafted fairly highly. Where is the assumption that a new change of scene might, and a honestly, not only a new change of scenery, but a back against the wall? This is his second chance. What's to say that doesn't spark something in this kid? Where is the assumption that that's a possibility? Said kid, this young man, he makes way more than I do. <laughs> I'm just, sh- yeah, this is my just public way of shaking off all the uh, the little interest I'm seeing in our current squad right now. Not on our part, because we know. We know why we should be high on this team right now. It is just astounding how slept on they are nationally, though. I have a feeling if Kalel Ware was signed by Kansas, it'd be a huge story. But, I mean, hey, they have All-American Hunter Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson now. All-American. All-American. Asterisk fourth best center in the Big Ten last season. Lastly, in NBA news, the NBA um, announced that Victor Wembenyama would not be playing in the NBA Summer League, and of course he isn't. The NBA is going to save that one for game one of the regular season. It's going to be It's going to be a scene in San Antonio because they're going to make it a home game. Of course they are. Yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to see if Victor Wembanyama can step up and truly be just one of the greats. When you're as touted as he was leading up to this, I mean, this is as this is right up there with MJ with LeBron. 
So uh, we'll see if he can answer the call. But we'll have to wait and see in the regular season. On to some Indiana news. This week in Hoosier News, the Indiana Hoosiers went fishing. Yes, it's a slow week of Indiana Hoosier News. Um, This would be a non-story, but I figured it's a good thing to bring up. Uh, It's great to see that this team is doing the little things necessary to make the new pieces get get gelling with such a big transfer-heavy team um, that will be making up for most of the production this year. Or, yeah, a lot of the production this year. It's good to see the Hoosiers doing this type of thing to uh, build the team chemistry so that it's ready come playtime. Speaking of being ready come playtime, Hoosier hysteria was announced this week. Uh, Indiana basketball announced that the two th- that the 2023 Hoosier hysteria event will take place on Friday, October 20th. Uh, this is homecoming weekend. I believe we are playing Rutgers the following day in football. I am excited for this one. My my oldest just became so pumped this last season with Trace Jackson Davis just giving her every reason to be pumped on the Indiana Hoosiers. And I'm very excited because this will be something she is very excited to go to. Oh, oh just the thought of it's warming my heart here on a Father's Day recording of the Often Daunted podcast. Speaking of reasons to be excited about the Indiana Hoosiers, the uh, final score of the 2022-2023 Governor's Cup is out, and Indiana has secured its fourth cup in a row. IU absolutely manhandled the Purdue this season as uh or this year. Sorry. This year as the Hoosiers won 15.5 points to 4.5 points. Um I know men's basketball at least got two of those um four with women's. Just an outstanding performance by the Indiana Hoosiers over the rival Boilermakers. It's nice to beat them in basketball now, but beating them across the board's always fun too. In other Indiana news, there is a lot of noise on the recruiting trail as Indiana is in the mix on several elite prospects of the 2024 class. This week, Indiana hosted class of 2024 combo guard Boogie Fland. Fland is a five-star number eight prospect on the 24-7 composite. Number two, the number two overall combo guard out of White Plains, New York. And we all saw the photo shoot. (laughs) We all saw the photo shoot, guys. Photoshoot came out, and this kid was owning it. Again, I say kid, this young man, because this young man is going to be making more money than me. Looking at that photoshoot, you just see, this is a real charismatic kid, even in the still media. This kid's got it. (laughs) There was a great follow-up Q&A with uh, Mike Schumann at the Daily Hoosier. Uh, Go check it out. I just really loved one part in it, and it was uh, him asking... uh, Boogie Fland, did the Hoosier fans know who you were? Boogie Fland responded, yes, they did. He asked, uh, was that surprising to you? Boogie replied, yep, for sure, it was. But that just goes to show you how good their fan base is. And it's it's true. I, mean, it, I try to think of where basketball recruits are being called out as much as probably in Bloomington they would be. I have to imagine it's a short list of locales. Speaking of other recruiting news, uh... Flory Badunga is visiting next week, and it looks to uh, be his last visit. His last visit before an announcement is made. I, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say one way or another. I root for these guys 
till kingdom come once they put those candy stripes on. I'm just throwing you guys the names uh, to uh, keep an eye on out there. Mackenzie and Baco was on uh, Hoosier Hysterics this week where he said he's been having absolute battles with Caleb Banks. But but the big thing I took away from it is he says he has been working with both the big men and the guards. I love this. I want this guy to get the handles necessary to dominate at the three position. He has the size. He has the speed. Um, if he can put the ball on the floor and we can depend on him as a ball handler, holy hell, it's going to be an explosive season for the young man. <laughs> this is the young man episode of the Often Daunted podcast here on a Father's Day recording. If, if you have any interest in the McKenzie and Baca recruitment, go ahead and give those guys a listen. The Hoosier Hysterics podcast, they, uh, yeah, they just dished it with them and it, it was a good listen. Go check it out. In some other, uh, just some, uh, espionage-related Indiana news. I like to listen to other Big Ten podcasts just to get a feel for how the program may look to those outside. Um, And I was listening to the Final Four is Not on the Schedule, great Michigan State podcast, where they were ranking the Big Ten coaches. When they got to Coach Mike Woodson, they had a a few key factors on his tenure that were discussed. They argued that his postseason success has been absent. Uh, getting to the tournament, sure, but they stated that we don't stick with that too long. And that's no, that's no lie there. The Hoosiers want to see us crawling towards the top year after year. And uh, while they can say that, I will say that's exactly what he's been doing. We have been inching closer um, if each season builds on the last. That's all you can hope if you want to get to the mountaintop, right? If you keep building on the last season, you eventually get there. And uh, Mike Woodson is doing just that. They they uh, ultimately came to the conclusion and belittled his tenure throughout, just saying, uh, yeah, no question, it's been better than Archie's, but uh, is that the bar? Is Archie Miller the bar? You have to be better than Archie? And uh, no, I mean, you have to do what Mike Woodson is doing. You have to go out there and get the recruits he's getting. You have to go out there and get the transfers he's getting. They say he's done a lot with little. and uh, Or no, they say he's done little with lot. But I, I, I think that some people um, just have overvalued what Indiana's rosters have been in the last few seasons. Other than Jay, uh, other than Trace Xavier the season before, he hasn't had he hasn't had a full squad that he like has brought in and assembled and has game planned for. I mean, no, I shouldn't say that. Has uh, schematically chosen. There we go. Here's hoping that's what he did with this squad. Love that show. Still going to listen to every episode. I do love listening to that Michigan State podcast. But I think we are just fine in the hands of Mike Woodson. Keeps getting us closer. You guys, that's all we can ask for. Last bit of Indiana news. Jalen Hood Shafino received the official NBA Green Room draft invite. Um, Jet and Kobe Bufkin, also the only other two Big Ten names invited to the Green Room. Hoosier success in the NBA is... Such a boon for this program. It's such a valuable asset to sell. And it's going to be nice to see him up there shaking Adam Silver's hand. It's going to be nice for the Hoosiers to be able to tweet that out. It's going to be nice for Mike Woodson to be able to put that poster on his wall as he's talking to the next recruit. Hell yes. Trace wasn't invited, but so much. there's just been a lot of commotion around just how much his draft stock has been rising as he's been able to display some skills that he wasn't... uh, maybe asked to display in the game plan that we had before.
So kind of a slow week for the slow week in Hoosier news overall. A bit, a few, there should be some big, big recruiting news here coming shortly. Hopefully, uh, this next off-season episode, I'll have something uh, shocking to tell you. Some uh, big Hoosier news, some big juicy, meaty Hoosier news. But until that point, let's get onto this ad, and then let's get into some of the best and worst big. Let's get into some of the uh, some of my Big Ten non-conference games to watch in this next uh, in this upcoming non-conference schedule. For this episode's ad, I wanted to take a moment and shout out my partners over at the uh, Big Banter Sports at Big Banter Sports. Go ahead and give them a follow. But in particular, I wanted to shout out one of the podcast partners in particular, the LEO Podcast. That is an Indiana football podcast. You're wanna go. You're gonna want to go ahead and give them a follow here before the season kicks off. Uh, been listening to them for years. Was pumped to see that when Big Banter contacted me. They had already signed on LEO Podcast. I knew that, that that's the seal of approval I needed. Uh, these guys have been doing it for uh, seasons. Got a backlog. Give them a listen. They've developed a real chemistry. And just to uh, give you that LEO football, you've come to love, or at least have come to watch every Saturday. Go ahead and give them a follow. Give them a listen. That is the LEO Football Podcast. All right, this segment this week, I'm just going to be discussing some of the best uh, Big Ten non-conference games I see coming up in this upcoming season. Some teams are truly, truly challenging themselves, uh, going out there and scheduling some opponents that are going to put asses in the seats that are going to build a resume. Purdue is definitely one of those squads. Uh, Purdue is in the field for the Maui Invitational, and it is a stacked field at that. Gonzaga, Kansas, Marquette. Purdue, Syracuse, Tennessee, UCLA, and Charminade. Charminade? Uh. Good lord, one of those is not like the other. They went out and scheduled Alabama in Toronto. Purdue will also be playing Xavier in what will be, I think, the uh, best Gavit matchup. That, that Gavit matchup last season really paid dividends for us in March. Um, we weren't playing that team at their best. I don't think. I don't think we were playing them at our best. But uh, I mean, at the end of the season, that was a huge boon for our seeding. Purdue went out, and they will be hosting Arizona and Gamebridge Fieldhouse, and that's a big get. That's going to be a primetime game. All eyes in the country will be watching that one. And I have to say, as far as just going out there and finding a challenging, just a challenging list, a, a, a gauntlet necessary to build a resume to. Uh, coast into March uh, Purdue really went out there and did it they they aren't stepping back they aren't stepping back from a challenge this offseason this uh, non-conference season and we'll see if Zach Eady just has his way with everyone few awesome matchups for Purdue in this non-conference schedule but uh, on to Michigan Michigan will be playing at St. John's in the Gavit games awesome awesome game um, didn't schedule it so I can't give you too much credit for it they will be playing in the Battle for Atlantis on November 22nd through the, 20, through the 24th. And that is Michigan, Arkansas, Memphis, North Carolina, Northern Iowa, Stanford, Texas Tech, and Villanova. December 2nd, they will be at Oregon. Just some of those uh, Michigan games to keep an eye out for. I uh, would say Oregon's not really that important to watch for, but I just want to see Dana Altman fail. I want to see, that, I want to see him desperately miss Kalel Ware. 
as far as going out there and finding challenging games to play in this non-conference schedule, I don't think Michigan uh, wore, them, wore themselves out in that regard. Again, their best game is that St. John's one, but they didn't even schedule that. A few games uh, to keep an eye out for for Maryland. Maryland will be taking part in the 2023 Asheville Championship, and that will be between Maryland, Clemson, Davidson, and UAB. And they will also have Villanova. They will also be playing at Villanova on November 17th. Again, can't give them too much credit for that Villanova matchup because forced on them. I mean that that was assigned to them. But uh, Willard is pretty handcuffed, and I think he has mentioned it in the past. Uh, they they have some contracted games. He's pretty handcuffed on going out there and finding the opponents necessary to build a resume. But in the next coming seasons, I would expect nothing less from Maryland. They are a basketball program on the rise, and I would think that they are going to go out there and find some big name opponent, some big name opponents in the seasons to come. As for Iowa, they only have November fourteenth. They have at Creighton, Gavit game again. Can't give them too much credit. Iowa's non conference schedule kind of sucks. Michigan State was assigned. Oh, Michigan State plays Duke in a potential top five preseason matchup. Uh, these uh, two blue blood programs will be playing each other um, in the championship. Champions Classic, sorry, in Chicago. Other than the matchup with Duke, Michigan State will be uh, looking to steamroll Butler on November 17th. I have to imagine their Gavit game assignment is a rather easy one for them. If it isn't, that is a problem. In some interesting uh, interesting scheduling for Ohio State, they are going so SEC heavy this year. They have Texas A&M on November 10th. They have Alabama on November 24th and Kentucky on December 16th. That is going out there and scheduling some big opponents. Good for them. If they can win two of those three games, I mean, Kentucky's going to be a young team. They have talent, but catch them on the right night and you got them. If they win two of those three games, that's going to go a long way in securing a spot come March. Illinois with two interesting uh, matchups I wanted to highlight. Illinois' Gavit game matchup will be November 14th versus Marquette. And in what was almost a troll scheduling, um, they will be playing FDU December 29th. And I hope, I hope they whoop FDU's ass. I really do. I hope they go out there and mop the floor with them. Because it just makes that 1-16 to loss look that much more preposterous. Illinois, go out and get some more competitive opponents. But... I do love that troll scheduling. Northwestern, I did. I wanted to highlight one event Northwestern is playing in, and that is the Hall of Fame tip-off. Now, the Hall of Fame tip-off is Saturday and Sunday, November 18th and 19th in Eucasville, Connecticut. Um, that will be Northwestern versus Rhode Island, uh, kicking off the semifinals games. And I don't know what Hall of Fame this could possibly be referring to, but I'm not buying a ticket for it. That Hall of Fame, at least. And the last team I wanted to mention here while uh, just getting to some of the Big Ten, or the, yeah, Big Ten non-conference games I was uh, just looking to highlight. I wanted to talk about Min- Minnesota taking part in the SoCal, the SoCal Challenge. And Minnesota is one of four teams in the surf division, along with University of Nevada, Las Vegas, Cal Baptist in Southern Illinois. The SAM division includes Cal State, Central Michigan, High Point, and Tennessee State. So, hey, if you are in Minnesota's position at the bottom of the Big Ten, make these things a bowl game experience for recruits. Guess what? 
we might get we might get it handed to us by the Big Ten each night in each night in and night out. But hey, we're gonna head to the SoCal Challenge. Come play here. I mean, it's it's kind of just the bull experience that you can sell to these recruits. I mean, and good for Minnesota for going out there and getting it, even though the competition's like <sighs> abysmal. Uh, <laughs> credit for getting the guys to Cali, I guess. Um, a year before, we're just gonna be there every year. Minnesota will also be taking place in the 2023 Continental Tire main event in Las Vegas, and that will be San Diego State, Washington, Minnesota, and Pitt. And last to round out Minnesota's interesting games, and because I do genuinely like watching Minnesota because it is, it's interesting to me to see the bottom team in the Big Ten. It just is. I'll watch that just to see where that team stacks up against anything. Last interesting game was November 11th, Minnesota host DePaul, and that is their Gavit game assignment. There was uh, three programs I didn't care to mention, four, I guess, uh, Wisconsin, Penn State, Nebraska, Rutgers. I, I just don't care to watch them whenever they're really on. Other than Tominaga, Nebraska just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> Wisconsin, woof. I don't know how everyone expects like their rough, rough crew they're bringing back to they are the ultimate assumption of development because somehow they're like sitting there at the 26, 27, 28 on everybody's preseason rankings. But it's based on a crew of what was their team last season. Developing into what? I, I It just doesn't make any sense to me, these preseason rankings across the board. And it is just, uh, the, yeah, they'll dish, they'll dish, they'll dish assumptions at their own will, I guess. Oh, I'm just ranting here in the off season. There's a, hey, it's the dog days, guys. Basketball is officially over. We are it is baseball only. And I'm a Guardians fan. Um while we are only two and a half games back, the AL Central's just abysmal year after year. So this is all I'm gonna find stories to talk about IU basketball where I can when I can. Thank you for listening to them. IU basketball. One Tomnaga in Nebraska. Yeah. Rutgers, I'm not going to watch it because Paul Mulcahy, no. The stank that is Paul Mulcahy will forever be affiliated with Rutgers in my mind, and I'm not I'm not supporting that program in one iota, other than the two times a year they might have to play IU. Penn State, it'll be interesting to see how this uh, just reload goes for them because they look to be getting some transfers, but we'll see how it all gels together. Yeah, guys, hey, this 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 uh, Father's Day recording of off, the uh, often daunted podcast it's kind of all over the place, but uh, we'll get you on out of here right after this Hoosier History hit for you. This is your Hoosier History hit. My source for today's Hoosier History hit is hauntedhouses.com. And, uh,. I just wanted to highlight some of the haunted places around campus, according to hauntedhouses.com. It says the Indiana Memorial Union. It is a comfortable, it is a comfortable and relaxing place for both the living and the dead. The Career Development Center. Whoa, what? Hold on. <laughs> okay, the Indiana Memorial Union. Um, <clears throat> this place uh, cites the Indiana Memorial Union as a haunted location, due to. Uh, yeah, sad things happening because the building's very high. It says the Career Development Center, uh, located on the west side of Jordan Avenue. Um, it is said that that location is haunted because it is said there's a doctor that performed abortions for fi- frightened 
pregnant co-eds before abortions were legalized in 1970s. Yikes. One way, I mean, however you feel about abortion, yikes. Oh, is this a bummer one? Am I doing a bummer Hoosier history hit? Uh, Stick with me, folks. We're just getting through the last few places that uh, are probably haunted on campus. Reed Residence Hall. Yes, all of you sitting at Reed. Yeah, one of my high school best buds. Best buds throughout high school. He uh, was assigned Reed his freshman year. Reed Residence Hall is a uh, six-floor undergraduate co-ed residence hall with four wings connected by a central hub. In one of the third floor rooms, late night drama between a fighting couple went over the top when a medical student stabbed his girlfriend in the throat in a fit of rage, causing the girl to quickly bleed out to death. He hid her body in one of the deserted tunnels underneath the hall, but uh, later confessed to police. Yeah, that's enough to cause a haunting there in in, uh, Reed Hall. So, uh, hey, if I have any any listeners in Reed Hall right now, uh, go ahead, pull out your EMPs, and uh, send any of the recordings you get to oftendaunted at gmail.com. Thanks for doing the field research. You guys are the legwork. I mean, hey, I can't do this without you. I want to get to the bottom of the Reed Hall ghost situation. It says here that Lily Library is uh, haunted because of all the haunted books in it. Of course there are haunted books in it. Lily Library's collection is... It's, it's astounding that it's sitting in Indiana. Some of the rarest books, and you know, like some of those rare books have to have some pages with some rare, rare old curses written in them. Another haunted location on campus, the Lincoln Room. Doesn't even give a reason why it's haunted. It just says, hey, heads up, this room's haunted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after reading all the, just these little excerpts of possible haunted locations on campus, uh, the four most active manifestations, it says, happen at the IMU, the Indiana Memorial Union. Uh, several entities haunt the building as they found that committing suicide didn't help their problems. And a dog also haunts the IMU. So, hey, if you're out there studying right now, listening to me, somehow, hey, I don't know how you're also studying for finite math because... I freaking white-knuckled my way through that whole thing my freshman year. Studying while listening to me. Um, Thank you, but also keep an ear out for a dog that is around that place. There is the Career career Development Center, as I said. That's where the shmoshmorshens apparently happened. And uh, entities of shmoshmorted babies and children who were shmoshmorted long ago were said to haunt the building. Cries of a young woman can be heard. There was uh, the Lily Library. Of course, I told you. Of course, their prize collection has to have some shit that's haunted. And then Reed Hall. In Reed Hall, it says the entity of a young woman described as having long black hair, wearing a long uh, blood-tinged yellow nightgown, haunts the third floor room where she was killed so quickly. The same entity haunts the hallways and in other parts of the building. Long ago, when Reed Hall was a woman's dorm, an RA known as Paula, who lived on the sixth floor, buckled under the stress of school, committing suicide and throwing herself down the stairs. On December 12th, one can hear an entity scream as it falls down the stairs. Yikes. Jesus. Sad. Oh, God. Sorry. Hey, that was your Hoosier history this week. Uh, I'll try to get a less bummer one next week. Thanks for listening.
Thank you for listening to the Often Daunted Podcast, where we celebrate the fact that Thomas Bryan is an NBA champion. A Hoosier is an NBA champion. Celebrate. Celebrate. Soak it up. Uh, thank you so much for listening here in the offseason. Uh, if you like the show, feel free to leave a review. Hit me with that five-star um, it only reads you if you put in that five star. I promise. I don't know if you put four, three, two, one. It just doesn't. It it doesn't register it. So put that five star. Uh, feel free to give me a follow at Often Daunted. Uh, if you have anything to contribute to the show, any suggestions for what I should do moving forward, how I should approach these these uh game previews to come in the upcoming season, uh, feel free to reach out to me at uh, Often Daunted at gmail.com. Again, follow me on Twitter at Often Daunted. Thank you so much, guys. You, hey, God bless each and every one of you. Have a beautiful week. Have a beautiful, I hope you guys all had a beautiful Father's Day. But uh, yeah, have a beautiful day. Have that day turn into a beautiful, what am I talking? Thank you so much for listening to the Often Daunted Podcast with me, Burke White. I'll be back at this next Monday uh, after I get up to the Mackinac Island. Finally get to see my kids on this lonely following this lonely father's day i'm currently experiencing god bless all of you have a good week take it easy lux at veritas see ya